of the Lord tonight. Amen. Part two. Amen. We're looking forward to what the Lord would have through our brother John tonight. He pulled great this morning. What a wonderful atmosphere. Amen. Now we're here to testify to the Lord and to the devil. This is whose side we're on. Amen. We won't back down. The devil has no claim on any part of you. Powerful. Amen. It's really nice to have Brother Amos and his wife here with us from, I believe it's Columbia, Missouri. Amen. You're visiting here and celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. So nice to have you here. God bless you. Trust that the service is a real blessing to you. Amen. Those on the internet hookup, we certainly want to greet them tonight. Brother Marco, would you come and open the service tonight in a word of prayer? Don't have any prayer requests. We just want to continue to hold Brother Ryan in our hearts. It's a finished work. Amen. We're just waiting for the manifestation to come into his body. Amen. Brother Marco, thank you. Let's bow our heads. Our most dear and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, we just bow our heads, Lord, close our eyes. Quiet our minds and our souls, Lord. Once again, hear from your throne of grace, Lord. And so thankful for this morning, Lord. We don't have prayer requests here, but we have thanksgiving upon our hearts. Bounds and bounds for Lord for your blessings this morning. Your presence, Lord Jesus, when it comes by our way. It's almost like you can touch it, Lord. We are so thankful for that, Lord. I don't have words to express my gratitude and my thankfulness for visiting us in such a special way this morning, Lord. I was saying to some of the believers, I don't, I don't, didn't want to leave, Lord God. We just want to stay there and so peaceful and so, Lord, I, I guess we're just insufficient to be able to express the love, Lord, and your grace, your mercy, and how none of that is possible unless there was a man that hung upon a cross, Lord, and that blood was shed for us, God. So, 
We're thankful for that. We know there's a man coming, stand behind the desk, and we pray that you would just put your own thoughts into his mind, take him out of the way, hide him behind the cross, Lord Jesus, and may your words, words of life, words of wisdom, speak to us once again, O God. Channel your thoughts to us, and may we be quick to respond, Lord, We never which way. Like Brother Murphy said this morning, I am ready to respond. Whatever your will is, Lord God, move amongst your people once again. Bless your holy name, Lord. I, I can say it over and over again. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name, O God. You are the mighty one, Rose of Sharon, Lily of the Valley, Jehovah Jireh, Lord. So many attributes in the, not the biggest one of them all, but the greatest one of them all, is that we can call you Father, Lord, that we can speak to you from our lips, from our hearts, and you know, Lord, our, the thoughts and the intents, Father. So, once again, with Brother Derek, we just hold Brother Ryan up. Lord, how often I've said to him how he's blessed your people after service, after after service, after after service. He sat in that chair on the piano and played and ministered to your people, Lord. May you pour it back into him abundantly, exceedingly, Lord, more than he can ask or think, Lord. And may it be a glorious testimony and a blow to Satan that he's once again back in his position at church, Lord, fulfilling his duties. We're so thankful for them, Matt. We pray that you just restore him, Lord, full, fully, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the day. May we just cap it off in a special way with your presence once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you have your seats this evening, Brother Andrew, if you're ready. Why don't you come on up? We won't sing another song. We'll just have Brother Andrew sing a special for us, and then we'll turn this service right to our Brother John Andes this evening. Amen. Ready, willing, and able. Amen. God bless you. Take care. 
together uh, written in red if we could just the chorus we invite our brother John Andes to come tonight I love you I love you that's what
you tonight father praise your holy name for your mighty works jesus let it be recorded in the congregation that we praise the lord tonight we opened up our lips opened up our hearts thank you jesus glory to god hallelujah hallelujah lord let us not be silent after this morning let us not be silent Let us give you adoration and praises, God, for the mighty love and generosity and your patience with us, your long-suffering and tenderness, how you've dealt with all of us over the years. We look back over the years. It's the tender hand of Jehovah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody that would like to say thank you, Jesus? We we love you, Lord. Let it be back to you, Lord, a communion, a fellowship, relationship, God. Lord, don't let us get it down to just services and meetings. and Let it just be an atmosphere where the word can change us, Lord, into rapturing, rapturing condition, Lord. We pray that you would bless the word this morning that we heard. We believe it was thus saith the Lord in the mind of Christ for us and our assembly. And we receive it in the name of the Lord. Every word that was spoken. We want to line up with the word. And we want to say from the bottom of our hearts, Amen. We want to follow on to know you in this deeper way. Tonight again, just a few moments. It's a privilege to be here. We wait upon you and pray you'd strengthen the people and heal them, deliver them, feed them, love them. Come among us, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn together to the book of Matthew. Thank you, musicians. And each one of you will... Amen. May the Lord strengthen you tonight. And I could uh, bring a lot of greetings from Germany and uh, Belgium. We were with the saints in Belgium for some youth services and uh, took a few days to, into Greece and then uh, went to Germany uh, for the wedding of uh, Brother Caleb and Sister Susanna. And uh, they'll be joining us in a few days, the Lord willing. And we're just happy to be back with you tonight. Amen. And we love the service this morning. And we just want to continue right on in this atmosphere of his presence. Matthew 24, verse 4. I'm sorry. Jesus uh, speaking in Matthew 24. Did I give the wrong chapter? Okay. Matthew 24, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. 
For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, or I am anointed, and shall deceive many. I thank God that we're not in that group of many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes and divers or many places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Verse 10. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. When I read verse 10, I thought, Lord, don't let any of us come into these groups. Many would be offended. Lord, keep us from that. And shall betray one another. Keep us from that, Lord. And shall hate one another. God help us. Don't let that be part of our testimonies. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity, just watch verse 12 really closely. Because iniquity shall abound or be great and it be enlarged, the love of many shall wax cold. Lord, don't let that happen to us. Because of iniquity, Jesus is saying that the love of many shall wax cold. It's going to ebb away. They're going to lose their love. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And I believe I'm with some company of people tonight that are unto the end. We are enduring. We're going through this until the end. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness Unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Amen. Amen. God bless you this evening. and Amen. We'll just pray the Lord will bless you. You can have your seat. Sorry. We've seen a fulfillment of these scriptures that we read tonight in our day. In many, many areas, uh, not just locally only, but around the world, we've seen these scriptures being fulfilled. We're at the end time. But in spite of all of these negative things that's going all around us, I'd just like to give my title tonight, Love Wins. Love Wins. At the end of it all, Love Wins. And God is love. And we want to anchor our heart just a little bit in these truths. And I pray it will be an encouragement as we see the fulfillment of these scriptures all around us to know that the word of God is true. 
Even the verses that we read in Matthew 24, verse 4 to 14, we were just listening last night to uh, the sixth seal with my wife for just a few minutes, and Brother Branham in the uh, message read these verses and he spoke about Matthew 24, verse 4 to 14, speaking about the, how it goes through the first and the second on right down through the sixth seal. And it was such a confirmation uh, that you're in the channel. How many like that? Tonight, love is going to win. You might be in a great adversity and be struggling, whatever you're going through as a believer. And I, I know that we as ministers never want to minimize uh, what the people are going through, but it's important to speak the truth. Love is going to win. God is going to win. And those that endure until the end shall be saved. Let's go to John chapter 13 together. Just our second scripture. I didn't want to keep you standing Four and John chapter 13. And I, and I have to apologize. I haven't been able to hear the services that, um, was preached while I were away. We were just very busy in the meetings and the services and even getting back home. We haven't been able to, um, be as faithful. So if I repeat something that was said in the last few weeks, just take it as the Lord saying it again. Will you do that? John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus again speaking, A new commandment I give unto you. Remember the Ten Commandments, but now Jesus is saying, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Is that what your Bible says? Or in the same way. Or the same love that you have seen in my life, Christ in the flesh, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. These are amazing scriptures. Because this is how the world knows that we are true disciples or followers of Christ or we would say Christians is how do we love one another? How are we expressing ourselves to one another? Is it Christ in us? To me, it's a high calling and challenge to fulfill verse 34. That we would love one another as or in the same degree that he has loved us. That we also should love one another. And even as Brother Marco was praying and, and, and we had the freedom in the back study, Brother Marco, just to fall on our knees and lift up our hands. Uh, friend, I wonder if we really understand the love of God. And God's mercy and grace, how it's followed us. Whatever you're going through tonight, love is going to win. The word is going to win. It's whether you're going to accept it in your own life. It's faith coming by hearing, hearing of the word. But now it's where men and women take the word of God and apply it personally. And I hope after this morning, we don't have pitchfork uh, religion and we're just shoveling it over to someone else. Oh, I hope they got that. And oh, that's good for them. It's mature time to say, it's me, oh Lord. 
Amen. I don't believe pitchfork religion is going to bring a bride to perfection. Oh, I hope brother so-and-so got that. Or, oh, that's good for sister so-and-so. No, it's for us. The word is for us. And God used Brother Murphy this morning to come right down uh, the, uh, the channel of inspiration to take it personal. Let's take it personal. You know, we I'll, I'll just go to some of my notes I used for Brother Caleb and Sister Susanna's wedding. Not knowing that right on the front row of the wedding, there was a, a, a young lady that was right in this situation. And in... California, Brother Branham was speaking about this love of God and he was talking about a young couple that was separating. And it was a pitiful thing, he said. They had lived together for several years. And a disagreement came up among them and the little mother, the lady and her husband was going to separate. The attorney was a friend to them and he said, now before we have somebody up here and sell these things and he said, uh, take what you've got, you've, you're, if you're going to have the divorce, just divide the spoils among yourselves and they said they would do that. So they went up into the parlor of their house and they fussed and they fought and everything over, just everything else over everything that was in the parlor. Then they went into the living room and they did the same thing. Then in the dining room and in the kitchen, they were fussing, they were fighting and everything else. Till finally they remembered up in the attic, they had some stuff stored up there. And they went up into the attic and they went and pulled out an old trunk. And they had some clothes and things and they were reaching and fussing over this and that. And after a while, they lifted up something and they both reached for it. And their hands caught a hold of each other's hands and they grabbed. It was a little pair of white shoes. It was to be a baby that had been granted to their union, but had passed on. And they're holding each other's hands one couldn't say it's mine and the other say it's mine. It was something that they had together. I wonder if we could all say together. It was something that was together. And just in a few moments, they looked at each other and one couldn't claim it and the other one couldn't claim it. So they, they found themselves in one another's arms and the divorce was annulled. It was because they had found something together. And we were encouraging the young couple starting out in life that strive in your lives to bring things together. Work toward things that bring unity. And, and in, a, in a world that's trying to divide us, separate us. And we are living in a land where there's wars and rumors of wars. We're living in a land when politics are dividing nations. Whether it's Canada, United States, or the UK, or Hong Kong, or China. This world is falling apart. They've lost their sanity. They've lost their affection. They've lost love. Love is the only tie post for the believer that keeps us together. Tonight we're not frailing forward and reaching out there like we don't have it. I just say, God, give us more of it. And if we failed or lacked in any way, reveal it to our hearts. I was listening to Perfect Faith yesterday and Brother Branham was speaking about that and how faith comes by forgiveness. 
and how we've got to forgive one another. By this shall all men know that you and I are his disciples is when we can forgive one another. When we can love one another. And even tonight, and I just pray God would bless all of us with a real portion of that love that would come on the scene. That something, that someone would come on the scene. It has the power to change. Let's go to Genesis chapter 5, another place. It was because they had something together. Something together. Something together. Satan wants to rip apart, tear it apart. Stay together. Whatever you do, stay together. No matter the cost, fight for it. Fight for the love of God. Admit where you're wrong. Admit where you've fallen short. Friends, we're not here for some badge of who's the greatest among us or we're not trying to be famous. There's no last names here that are greater than someone else's last name on the phone list. We all need God. We all have God. We want more of Him tonight. Love is going to win. So grab a hold of that as it comes by your way tonight in the simplicity. In Galatians 5... Verse 19, speaking about the works of the flesh that most of you are very well as they're manifested are in adultery, fornication. This is Galatians 5.19. Am I not giving the verses? I failed, you know. Galatians 5.19. I'm sorry. Love wins. Our flesh don't win. We heard this morning, our minds don't win. Our intellect don't win. It's only God that's going to win. I mean, amen. Isn't that the zeal of the hour saying I am wrong? Is that the zeal? Okay, God give a zeal. Amen. Galatians 5 verse 19. And the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness, or that is excessiveness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, or always opposing, always opposite, always different, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Envyings, verse 21, envyings is jealousy, murders. And we know that's not just killing with a gun or a knife, but to murder someone's influence, to tear down another son or daughter of God can be guilty of murder. This is very serious. Drunkenness and revelings and such like. Or anything that's like these things. You say, oh, I escaped. Well, um, he said in Galatians, and such like. Meaning anything that's like these things. It's the works of the flesh. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
And we all are guilty. If we don't have the love of God, if we don't have a relationship with the blood of Jesus, if the rapture would happen tonight, we wouldn't go in the rapture. That's why God's given us the opportunity to receive the word of God. Receive the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's it's free tonight. And I hope we don't stumble over the simplicity. Even one of our children or someone that's visiting or someone that might have been for years among us to receive what we're going to hear in verse 22. The love of God or the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. The very first one is love. That's pretty powerful. Joy. Peace. Jesus said, not as the world giveth, but my peace I give unto you. Long suffering. Suffering long with one another. Gentleness. I, I highlighted that word, gentleness, because it's not a, a, a fruit of the flesh or part of the nature of, of, of just mankind is to be gentleness. It's a fruit of the spirit. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Isn't it amazing that the first fruit of the Spirit is love? But I pray God give us a real baptism of all of these fruits. If we're falling short, this is the time to receive it. Receive the Holy Spirit. Whether you're hearing it for the first time or you're 20 or 30 years down the road. Let me just read something that means a lot to the believer out of the church age book. When Brother Branham was speaking about the love of God and how he wanted to see love in the family. And I'm sorry I don't have this on the screen for you tonight. I just wanted to be sensitive throughout the service to just uh, move under the inspiration. But he was talking about the love of a family and the family of sons. God wanted to have sons like himself. And before him lays all mankind as one lump of clay. And out of that lump he will now make vessels unto honor and unto dishonor. The choosing will be his own choosing. Then those chosen ones, which I believe I'm speaking to some of them that's going to go in the rapture. You're chosen. Those chosen ones born of his spirit will be trained to conform to his image in their walk. So in our walk, we're being trained, trained by his spirit. And then he just drops into an area that's so hard for the mind, the human mind. He reproves with all long suffering and gentleness and mercy. Because so many of us in our upbringing or your father, your mother or your stepfather or mother or your boarding house or a teacher, someone in your past has maybe reproved you without long suffering or in a harshness or really rudely and it broke you. But here's a prophet speaking about our lovely Lord and how that he reproves us or corrects us with suffering long. And he's gentle and he gives mercy. He he didn't say that he wouldn't reprove us, but he said the way that he reproves us or his nature is through gentleness. And then he said he chastens 
with nail-scarred hands. Hands that had nails in them. Hands that bore our sin on the cross. That's how He chastens a daughter or son of God. He doesn't just let you go and do your own thing. And we ought to say, thank you, Lord, for that. Friends, we are going to make it in the rapture. Love is going to win in your situation. I'm just going to take my coat off. Is that okay? The hands that are dealing with you tonight are nail scarred. Sometimes he said this potter must take the vessel he is working on and thoroughly break it down in order that he may rebuild it exactly as he desires it. Have you ever felt like God's breaking you? He's breaking you down. Instead of saying that's a negative tonight, why don't you turn it around on the positive and say, God has His hands upon my life. Sometimes, this potter must take the vessel he's working on. God's working on you. He's working on me. And thoroughly break it down in order that he may rebuild it exactly as he desires it. But it is love. This is in the Laodicean church age book. This is in our age. When the love of many would wax cold. They would start out with love. And they would lose that. Even the Ephesian age. They lost their first love. And I want to speak this tonight. If any of us have lost our love. There's one person in this building. That can give it back to you. And that's the Lord Jesus. Just while you're in his presence, open up your heart and receive the love of God. It's not a mystery. It's not deep algebra or chemistry. Uh, One of the uh, teenagers came into my office this week and we're talking about their test they had taken this week. And, you know, it was this or it was French or it was chemistry. It was some other thing. You know, it's not deep and mysterious. The love of God. In fact, if you've lost it in your life, it's coming searching for you. If you've lost it in your marriage, He's coming searching for you. Praise God. If you lose it in the church, and all you see is politics, and all you see is hurt, and all you see is men and women around here, then we're missing Christ. We're missing the head. And I pray, God, turn our focus, turn our eyes, turn our minds and our hearts back to the main thing. Have you lost your feeling? Sometimes even as believers, you see, people have lost their feeling. And I'm not speaking just locally. It's globally. It's a spirit of the age. The heaviness, the hardness of life. Jesus spoke about it in our opening scripture. That people, because of iniquity, they would just begin to wax cold. They would get indifferent, insensitive. They would become harsh and rude and anxious. As Brother Branham spoke about nervousness so many times in the message, and he, he would actually ask who, who the, it was because it was the spirit on the age. I've said it to many times. I mentioned it on our trip to even pastors and ministers we were with. You know, Brother Branham was a nervous person. Yeah. 
He could get in his car, Brother Tom, and drive from Jeffersonville to Tucson and not get a phone call, not get a text, not get an email. I am sure if Brother Branham was alive today, there would be one, two, three cell phones. I'm sure Brother Billy Paul would have a one or two. There would be a personal one. You know, there would be a ministry one. Do you agree? I mean, it would probably would have drove Brother Branham to very nervousness, a little ting or a little bell. Here we are in this age. God doesn't know any other way of love but to deal with us this way. Let's go tonight just for a little journey as we speak about this for a little bit to a mountain. And it has some snow on it. Let's just go to a place speaking about this love that it's gotten cold. And as the dusting of snow comes down and these two men come out near this clearing and one of them is a a Christian and one of them is not a Christian. He's a very well-trained man. His name is Bert. And Bert was a man that had a little whistle and he would blow whistles and he would shoot little fawns, little baby deer just to... Uh, make Brother Branham upset and he would call Brother Branham a chicken hearted uh, preacher, you know, because of, oh, you preachers, you're chicken hearted and things and, and, and things. And he had made this little whistle Bert had made and he blew it as they were just leaving the camp. And Brother Branham, he, he said, no, you're not going to do that. It was the sound of a little baby deer crying out. And as they just stood by this clearing, they'd been hunting for several hours and hadn't found anything. And they came to this little spot and, and, and Bert just stooped down there in the snow and brought out this little whistle. Brother Branham was just standing right behind him. I'm speaking about the love of a mother and how love will win. God's first Bible is nature. Do we agree with that? And here now we hear a man just blowing a little whistle and crying like a little baby fawn squealing. And and just as soon as he blew that, a big mother doe stood up. That's the mother deer. And Bert had his little head down blowing this little. And Brother Bynum could see the dark brown eyes of the mother of just a beautiful deer with his big ears pretty sticking out like this. She was a mother and a baby was crying. She was a mother and by her nature, she began to walk out into the clearing with the bushes that was just, she passed. But the bottom said they could see the veins of the mother. Wasn't over 30 or 40 yards and Bert was a dead shot and he took the bolt of the rifle, put in a shell into the magazine and Brother Branham said, I noticed him, his strong arms bringing up that cross right, hair right up to the heart of the mother and here she come walking out looking because she was a mother taking footsteps and there was a baby somewhere in trouble and, I, and Brother Branham said, Bert, surely you're not going to shoot that deer. And I noticed him leveling that hand and that rifle went down and that shell was in the barrel and he had it locked in the, and the mother deer heard that and she turned her big head and she throwed those ears pointed and she looked at the hunter. Those crosshairs laying across her heart just a few minutes, her heart would be blowed plumb out of her. But a baby was in trouble. Slowly those ears and eyes watching that hunter and and she was looking for a baby. She couldn't help it. She was a mother and that was her nature. 
Oh, Bert, Brother Bantam said, don't, don't do that in this 30-06. Brother Bantam was just waiting. I couldn't even look at it. And I, I turned my head like this and he waited and waited and, and the, the gun didn't go off. And Brother Bantam turned to look and the gun was going like this. Bert, he just took and threw that gun into the snowbank and he said, Billy, I've had enough of it. I just can't do it anymore. I want to know that Jesus that you speak about. And by the grace of God, listen to this. By the grace of God, that cruel hearted hunter, after seeing that display of real genuine love, it tore the heart out of the hunter. Love wins. The love of a mother. It wasn't at a camp service. It wasn't at a convention. It wasn't in church. It was out in nature. I pray that would happen though tonight in the house of God. Why not? Can we experience the love of God? Why not? That would cause a cruel hearted man's heart to be torn out of him. He said it was the love that the mother dear was displaying. She couldn't help that. She was a mother. And Brother Brown said, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, when the people who belong to the church of the living God will display the real Christian love, it'll conquer more sinners than all the other things you can put together. Let's put it together tonight. You say, Brother John, why did you read this quote? Because it was in this quote that Brother Branham said, that's what causes separation in families, is neglect of love. To neglect the love of God is what causes separation in families. That's what causes separation in churches, is neglect of love. He said, we've got to have love. I think it's good for us as believers to say, Lord, if I lack in your love, let it fall on me tonight. Some of you agree. If I lack some of these fruits, joy, peace. I don't want to be what Brother Murphy was speaking on this morning, just a log laying out there in the presence of the water. We can be right at Cloverdale Bible Way. Let's bring it right down to where we're living. You can be a Sunday school teacher, a camp counselor. You can be sitting here service after service. You can be a singer. You can be a preacher. You can be a deacon, trustee. You can sit on the front row or in the back row of the balcony. We all need more of this kind of love. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 3. God, if we have neglected love, forgive us. Forgive me. Forgive our families. Forgive our church. Forgive any person. You know, sometimes we got to fight for one another. In Hebrews 3, did I say the right chapter? <laughs> We're doing a little better then. You know, I did click in last Sunday night because we were nine hours ahead. So I think about 12, 1 o'clock, and Brother Tom was just closing the service. And I did catch one thing, and it was a confirmation because I have it right in my notes right here. Don't let this be stories. 
I have it right in my notes. I just spoke on it that morning in Germany. Don't let it be stories. Let it be a reality. If the love of a mother of an animal that doesn't have a soul could reach the soul of one person and bring him to Christ, what about the Holy Spirit? What about the power of God? What about His presence? What about the Scripture? And don't let it be stories to us. God, shake us, Lord. Have we lost our love? God, bring it back again. In Hebrews chapter 3, I'm not going to read all of this, but we see in Hebrews chapter 3, Paul speaking about this. I'm just looking down here. Verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if ye will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Just for the next few minutes, I want to speak about harden not your heart. Whatever you're going through, don't let it harden your heart. Love wins. That's not a title to a sermon. That's thus saith the Lord. Love never fails. That's 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8. Charity never faileth. Love. God's love. Never will fail. Say, say, I've loved or I've had affection or as Brother Murphy said, sacred thing. I've tried to, but it stopped. I hit the wall. True love just keeps right on going. And I want to encourage you, dear believer, if your love would ever come to an end, sovereign grace will take over and bring it to its final destination. The devil has no hold over you. The power of darkness and whatever Satan's been lying to you in your mind has no control over you. It's time to rise up, take the word of God and say love never fails. Love wins. So in Hebrews 3, we see it. Excuse me for raising my voice. But verse 8 says, harden not your hearts. And it speaks about the day that had gone by. Verse 10, he, I, I was grieved with that generation saying, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Verse 13, but exhort one another daily. Is that true, Brother Milko? Yeah, exhort one another just on Sunday, just on special meetings, just in camp services or, you know, the evangelist or the special speaker at summer camp and winter camp has the freedom to exhort us. No, Paul was saying every single day. And I think this is Sunday, so it's a day to encourage one another. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened. So it's possible that a housewife gets hardened, a father gets hardened, a school children or an, even an older person gets hardened and every single day we ought to encourage one another, exhort one another, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ 
if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. While it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Don't, don't let our, our vision get starry-eyed right now and just staring off in the space. Harden not your heart. Don't let it happen to you. Exhort one another that it don't happen to the person next to you. In your family. We have a responsibility in our church. To be the oil. Be the wine. Be the honey in the box. We don't want to see the water just going down through the vessel and having no value. As Brother Branham, and you remember this, he said, there's a little bowl in New York. He said this, there's a little bowl in a human heart that is full of golden oil called love. And if it is ever broke, it can be healed up. But there'll be a scar there as long as you live. Stop dwelling on the scar. Stop just picking at the scar and looking down and seeing it. We all have scars. We all have blemishes. You know, I have this on my face. My little grandson, he pushes that, you know, and other little children, they'll push at that. What is that? It's it's maybe a blemish or something in your life. And, and you know, we look at those things. Satan brings our minds back to scars or areas where you failed. or And then it can become on the person next to us where we're looking at the scar, looking at the broken part. But God put oil back in our bowls. And if we've been broken, pick up the pieces. Tonight you might be in a lot of despair and lost the vision. I'm here to encourage you that love will win. There's going to be men of God and sisters that are anointed. They're gifts in the body. That are, that are called of God to move the rocks. Move the logs out of your way. So that you can make it to your refuge. This whole chapter of 3 and 4 of Hebrews was Paul saying, Let us labor to enter into this rest. Rest for your soul. Rest for your mind. Rest for your spirit. Rest for your body. I encourage you tonight. We're all getting older and our health fails as we go closer. And as time goes on, things just seem like, you know, the wheels are coming off. But love is going to win. God put love back in our box. Put love back into our hearts. As we read in verse 15 in chapter 4, Hebrews 4, excuse me for reading so many scriptures on a Sunday night, but verse 7, Hebrews 4 verse 7 says again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Okay, Lord, if I've gotten hardened, soften me. Soften my heart with oil. I was with Brother Hank Iberson that sang here that song. Open mine eyes to see. Fill me with understanding. Amen. I'm not a singer, but it's nothing but the truth. When I was away, I was listening to When Love Projects. 
And Brother Branham said these three words, love conquers everything. Put that on your refrigerator, put it in your heart, put it on your car, put it wherever, put it in your heart. Love conquers everything. It'll take a complex, it'll take an issue, it'll take a disappointment. Love conquers everything. Now, don't misunderstand tonight, love does bring correction and reproof. I put it in my notes this afternoon as I was thinking of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19 verse 8. Do you remember Zacchaeus that was the wee little man? And a wee little man was he. But he climbed up into the sycamore tree, the Savior for to see. And when Jesus passed, excuse me for using that, but your children appreciate that. I think we all appreciate that. He had a godly wife that was asking for the love of God to reach his heart. But Zacchaeus that had, if you look up the words in the Bible in Luke chapter 19 verse 8, he had swindled people out of money. And he said, I restore fourfold. Back to all of those. So repentance is good. The love of God reaching a heart is good. But there's fruits of repentance. It's got to follow on after this morning. After coming to an altar, after having God speak to us so clearly, true repentance and following on in the word means to make it right. And God will not bless us if we hear the word, say amen to the word, maybe even go forward to the word, rejoice at the word, and don't carry it out. So we need the strength of God to help us carry it out. Zacchaeus didn't need coached. He said, I'll repay fourfold. That's real repentance. Remember, filial love is human love. And those kind of loves and feelings will kill someone. They cross the line or they offend you or your family or you feel like embittered. You just want to kill. You want to take that out. You want to take that person out. You want to stop it all. You just want to stop serving. That's filial love. But real agapo love heals love will pray for that person's soul I'm speaking about the greater love love wins so if you have filio love and that's all you've got love is good but filio love and feelings will kill but agapo love will heal it stretches further it's looking for the remedy it's looking for the thus saith the Lord It'll pray for a person's lost soul. It's the most powerful force is love. And that's got to be the motive behind every gift. Behind every person. Not selfishness. It's not how am I going to look before the church and before the public. I've got to somehow maintain my position or my role. and Someone's going to think that friends... We're all in this together. And believers do what it takes to get this kind of love. It's one of the greatest expressions, and I realize our time is coming toward the end. It's one of the greatest sacred emotions that a human being can have is love. And Jesus Christ expressed this love. 
And he commanded us to love in the same way. Not just try to love, not just do the best we can. I was very clear with Sister Susanna and Brother Caleb at the wedding. It's going to take more than just them doing the best they can in a marriage. It's got to be a threefold cord. It can't just be, I'll do my best, you do your best. That happens every day in the world, and it fails. You bring that into the message, and it will fail. A threefold cord is not easily broken. That's where the man and the woman bring Christ into it. That kind of cord is not easily broken. And friends, when it seems like it's broken, and Satan is really hatcheting away, and seems like he's got you, and he's trying to break that cord and break that, that's when we need Christ. In that cord to rise up. When you're disappointed in her, he's disappointed in, and then the children start getting under this lack of love. Then it creeps into the church. And maybe for another message, we'll bring this maybe in another way, but politics in a church takes away the love of God and it divides the people. It separates brothers, it separates families, and that is not a nature of the Holy Ghost. Church politics destroys the love of God. The dove of God will fly away. Then you're left with a lot of good men and good women and even Christians. But without that love, it will divide It seeks to conquer. It seeks to isolate. It seeks to try to bring people that have authority to try to bring it in a way that is not godly. Friends, we are too far down the road to allow church politics to rule our lives. Jesus said in Matthew 24 verse 12 that we read our opening scripture that iniquity will abound and the love of many She'll wax cold. We see that all over the world. It is a global issue. It's an epidemic. People spend more time on their devices than they do in prayer. They spend more time, believers, spend more time on their devices than they used to spend in the Word of God. Or even now. And they wonder why it's falling out and things are trickling down. Love will win. But the less of that love in our lives, people become bitter and strangers to one another. Harsh and rude. And it's Satan's master plan to bring division. To bring strife. As we read in Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit is this. But the nature of the flesh is this. Are we all together now? Let me, let me just look at the time. We got a few more minutes. Don't let it just be stories of a prophet pushing his lawnmower on a hot day into a hornet's nest. And then the hornets coming around and circling around and just the sting of one of those hornets could end the life of a person, let alone many, many, many. But he said, something come over me. Do you all remember that? Something come over me and I begin to speak to those hornets. I am so sorry. I have come into your space. That's amazing. 
People can talk to animals today better than they can talk to humans. They can be nicer and kinder to animals than they can to one another. That is a shame. God, may the love of God saturate us. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. By this shall all the world know that you're my disciples is when you love in this way. Don't let it be a story that Brother Branham was able to do that and and then he just go back into your nest and they circled around and went right back into their nest. Well, we dodged one there, didn't we? It was the love of God. You know, the love of a mother, just stay with me for a few minutes. The love of a mother can stop an airplane. We've saw a lot of airplanes in the last several weeks traveling throughout Europe. The love of God can stop an airplane. It can also stop a prophet that is very busy. And I know that some of you think that your ministers are too busy. And you want to apply us as being a Levite or being a priest or whatever. But we are not too busy for God to help us and help you. That's what we're seeking to do tonight. Brother Murphy helped us this morning. And that's why I believe a lot of counseling can take place is when you take the word from behind the pulpit. And you take it personal. Say, that offended me. That's what we read. Jesus said many would be offended. So if you become offended in your heart, don't let that scripture put you on the negative side. Amen. Friends, don't be found on the negative side. Our church is so positive. Our ministry is so positive. Our counselors, our Sunday school teachers, our teachers, our deacons, our trustees would die for you and their volunteers. Goodness, friends, this spirit of this age has come into all areas of our lives. I had to sit through two hours yesterday of a homeowners association meeting. And thank the Lord, they had a two-hour limit. They had to be out of this building. Because, I mean, right after, a few minutes after two, they're still doing this and voting for this and the people screaming, people walking out. Friends, there is no love in the world. They put up with one another, but you cross a line and they're ready to... Is that true? And we're not careful, that'll creep right in among us. We get short-fused. We don't have no time. Think of it. Only love wins. I didn't say a word. I didn't answer a question. I didn't lift my hand. God forbid. Love conquers everything. Amen. The love of God and love of a mother can convert a lost man just through him seeing the nature of a deer. A mother converted a lost man to the Lord Jesus. Friends, why can't we, God, use us to save one another? I mean, I'm imploring you tonight. Why can't this love of God toward one another be on such a level that if one of us are failing or falling short or or is not saved, that we that are spiritual among us cannot win them for Christ? Help me 
out here. And we cannot win our wives if we can't win our husbands and our children. If they do fall away, it ought to be a testimony that my mother and my father, they love me. And if I ever come back to a church, I want to come back to that church. We would meet them all throughout our journey and they, they would come up to us even in Germany and they would say, you don't know me, but I know you. They stream our services and it just makes us feel so little. But the love of God has reached. Don't sit right here and not allow the love of God to reach just a few feet out there. And we think we got it so bad and we got it so horrible when really most of us, myself, are spoiled. We got food. We got shelter. We somehow got to church tonight. Help me a little bit. We got we got shoes. We got clothes. We got one another. God help us. Love wins. And if we can't be honest with one another, we are not being honest with God. If we cannot be honest with a brother, honest with a sister, lay it all out there and be honest, we are not being honest with God. It's amazing. Just a little mother possum. The love of a mother coming out, just waiting by a prophet's House for hours and hours and Brother Branham to use her in a text for a service. It took the, the Holy Spirit to tell Brother Branham and she's come right up to your house. Here she is with all of these babies. You used her in the service for an example of a mother's love. She's waited for you to pray for her. The love of a mother. Oh, it convicted Brother Branham's heart and he went out there and laid hands on the little possum and it, and it got, and it went walking down the, the driveway and turned around as to say, thank you kind sir, and went walking into the, the love of a mother. I pray God would refresh all of us and renew us Lord. Have we gotten hard in our hearts? Where we know so much. I've heard it in the last month or two, excuse me, from different venues around the world where people say, oh, I've been there. I've done that. I know so much. And and it's experience. That doesn't help a person that's hearing that. It does do no good for them. It's when they see something in your life that pulls them to want to follow or listen. That is the Word of God reaching out. It's not that we have so old or we've got experience or we're elders and none of that. If you have to pull that card, something's wrong. Something's wrong. It ought to be where those underneath us follow willingly. They're willing to submit. They're willing to listen. I know it's really quiet. I better move along here. It's amazing that a mother or a woman could have a child and bear it for nine months and then want to throw it over a bridge. Call a taxi, wrap it up, throw it over the bridge. That's what a mother that that does not have love for their baby wants to throw it over the bridge. We see a lot of that today. 
say, I love my children, I love this, I love that. It's very loosely thrown out of people's mouths, but I pray God would help us. Have we said enough? Just a couple more minutes. I, I didn't know till I was on our last plane flight to Germany that Brother Branham's last time to say the word Germany was on the wings of a snow white dove. And he was talking about how birds of the nations and some have eagles and certain has this and Rome has this and Germany has an eagle and all these great birds of the sky. But in all of them, the dove symbolizes peace in all nations. It's a universal thing. Talking about the love or the peace of, of a dove and how the dove symbolizes peace. And the dove is the symbol of peace in every nation. Why is it done? Because of its gentleness and because of its innocence. That's the reason it sim- symbols peace. And I thought of Germany in, in a land that's had gone through so many dictators and by force and by war. It can cause people to almost get to a certain way. Even in their language and even in the way that they come across. But the dove is always speaks of innocence and peace on the wings of a snow white dove. And you remember in that message, Brother Branham talked about that something that had haunted him for many, many years. And it was only in that message he talked about how that little squirrel that was six inches long jumped onto the cactus. Do you all remember that? Right before he took him off the scene, he was expressing on the wings of a snow white dove that presence just coming in a time of trouble and a time of great pulling. And maybe you need that tonight. Maybe you need that force of love, which Brother Branham talked about that bull. And when he threw his, took his gun belt off and threw it up into his truck, maybe this can be my last illustration. Brother Branham being a conservation officer and he was going across to pray for someone. And he took off his gun and threw it up into his truck, but jumped over the fence and started going across this field And all of a sudden, this great big killer bull rose up. He'd already killed a man. Great big horns. And he started just coming at Brother Branham. And Brother Branham reached for his gun. That was his first instinct. See, love will win. But even a man of God in a time of crisis reached for his gun. And he said, if I would have shot him, then I would have had to pay for it. But he said, something come over me. And he said, oh, I wish it was always like that. I was speaking to Brother Derek about it in the back room. He said, oh, I wish it would come now. It's that something. It's that love. So it shows, just bear with me now. It shows how even a believer can live their lives, go through things, live their lives, Come in a moment of crisis, reach for their gun, but that's something to come over them. That's someone. He began to talk to an animal again. Talk to a bull. I'm so sorry. And it started charging at Brother Branham. And he just stood his ground. 
He looked this way. He looked that way. And there's a lot of us that would have maybe depended on our great athletic ability. We would have run, run and tried to jump over the fence. But he just stood there. Love held a man of God. God hold us tonight. You know, I was thinking this afternoon. There was a time in David's life that he had wronged. He was wrong. And God sent a messenger to him. And he gave him three choices. He said, I'm going to give you three things. Because God's love for his son or for his daughter doesn't mean that there's no consequences. Is everybody listening? He said, oh David, I love you. A man after my own heart, I forgive you. You're the king, you're this. No, through the man of God, he said, it's going to be one of three things. And you choose what it's going to be. And he spelled it all out. You can read this in the Bible. Do you know what David said? He said, Lord, I give myself to you. You do whatever's right in your eyes. He didn't choose this and choose that and look at all the consequences, spell it all down. And This is an option. That's an option. This is an option. If I do that, then I'll do that. He wasn't like that. He said, Lord, I would rather be in your hands. Love will win. Love wins. Love is going to win in your life. But he committed that to God, and you all know the story. I, I sense from that you know what happened. He had to come under that reproving, come under that chastening. And he went through that time because every daughter and son of God will go through that time and come out as a better Christian. Stand. When you've done all to stand, stand therefore. And even in rebuke, God knows what's best. Maybe tonight you need to throw yourself into the hands of Almighty God. Whatever you do, don't throw yourself into the hands of men. Throw yourself into the hands of God. His judgments are right. His righteousness is true. And when God takes a hold of a person's life, as we bow our heads tonight, when God takes a hold of a person's life, love will win. And remember that bull came within just feet of Brother Branham and put his head down and just from side to side and he just laid down. And Brother Branham said, I just walked within feet of him. My precious friends, it's time to walk through that field with God and say, Lord Jesus, let this something, let this someone, let this presence, let this character of Christ flow through my life. As we just bow our heads, I wonder if someone would like to say to the Lord, Lord, I commit myself to you. I commit my life to you. I don't know the future. I don't know the consequences of what lies ahead for my life, but I throw myself into your hands. And as we heard this morning, oh, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your presence. Whatever it takes to draw me closer to you, Lord. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit would say to us. Lord, give us the tenderness of Jesus Christ. Give us the heart that might have gotten weary with life. 
with decisions and issues. Let the mercy of God, let the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, fill us, Lord, tonight. God bless you that have your hands lifted up all over the building. God bless you. God sees you into the balcony. Anyone else would like to say, Lord, soften my heart, Jesus. I throw myself into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thy gentleness hath made us great. Hallelujah, Father. Just play something, Brother Benjamin. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Let us be rooted and grounded in love. Give us tender hearts, Lord Jesus. Give us hearts forgiving one another. And if we need to be rebuked or reproved or chastened, I pray the Holy Spirit in His great character would help us to bear that also. Have compassion upon us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus. Let our hearts burn as we leave here tonight on a Sunday night. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, put your hand upon my bowl, Lord. This bowl, Lord. Let the oil of God begin to be filled up in this bowl. If I've lost love in any area of my life, and it begins to show, it begins to reflect out in some carnal way, forgive us, Lord Jesus. Just spending a moment of prayer right now before we go out into the hustle and bustle of this week. Spirit of God. Flow through us now. Flow through the body. Oh, how we need this more and more as we see the day approaching. We've been hearing a lot lately about the wisdom. Wisdom of Solomon, the mind of wisdom. Oh, Jesus, give us the mind of Christ. That we would know how to walk and how to live, how to be sensitive. In Jesus' name. Let's just stand before we go. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless, oh, and strong, it is strong, it shall Before we go tonight.
last Sunday morning, I just left my house a little earlier. I was alone that morning and I went down through Blaine, Washington. And I just drove up near the ocean side there, just looking out over the the ocean. And I looked down toward the pier and I saw there was a lot of people gathered and police. And then there came the paramedics and things. And there had been a car submerged in the water. And I thought, oh God. And they pulled it out and then they had a body. Someone had lost their life. And I found out later it was an elderly lady from Van, uh, from Canada. Her husband had just recently died and she was trying to make her way actually toward North or uh, West Vancouver. She got disoriented and went down the highway, crossed the border and, 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 the, and the border guards on the Peace Arch border said, no, no, you need to go back around and go and then you're going in the wrong direction. So she crossed down, got off that first exit there and rather than going over and coming back into Canada, she made a right-hand turn down toward that park there and then she drove right down into the water. She got disoriented. She got confused and it's amazing. Her life ended right there. She was trying to go in a certain direction. It's amazing that just last Sunday morning, I, I witnessed all of that. And I thought, that is incredible. You know, we don't know this week what's going to happen to one another, someone else. And I pray, God, keep our hearts right. Keep us on the right road. And even in all of our trying and all of our good faith and effort, we can be going and trying to make movements and get on a wrong path. But I pray the love of God, His presence, that if we are going in a wrong direction, how many would just agree as we close that He would just lay His hand upon our shoulder or speak a word like He did this morning to Brother Murphy wanting to close the service, close the service. And even our pastor in his office is saying, the people want to stay, the people want to linger, they want to go. And He allowed many to come forward and there was a great release. That is the love of God. I trust tonight that something in your heart could agree and say, love will win. I cast my confidence. I cast my trust. I cast my future. And if you've come to this service and thought that it was all over, it's done. Satan's trying to bring a wedge, bring a separation. You're ready to walk away. trust the Lord would put something in your heart to reconsider that love wins God bless you may the Lord fill your heart with this love I just want to sing one more song before we go I'm no longer a slave to fear I think we all know that song and we'll sing this I'm no longer a slave
part the sea so I can walk right through it. Do we know that? Part the sea so I can walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me. You rescued me so I can stand and see. I am a child. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer. moment, whatever happens in the future, we can commit into your capable hands. We look out, Father, and we don't know if we just have another second, a minute, a week, a month, a year, five years. But we want to set our little boat with the sails of your presence blowing through it. We've heard your word today, this morning and now tonight. As we leave this building, may we, Lord Jesus, take inventory and look deep within our hearts that this love of God is present. Would you guide us? Would you lead us? Would you put where we lack back into our bowl? If there's a lot of pieces and breakages, would you, by your grace and mercy, Do a healing and do a miracle in each one of our lives. Every situation we commit to you. Every life we commit to you. You do miracles so great. You are perfect. Love never fails. So tonight as we go, may your presence go with us. This week may we experience more and more of this in one another's lives. And by this... So all men know that we are disciples and Christians, that we have this kind of a love. Go with us now. Strengthen your people. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
shake hands with one another. You're dismissed. I'm no longer.